Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. He koonai pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kia ora, g'day. In this week's episode of The Long Way Home with me, Bruce Hopkins, she's a bit different from the previous ones because um, I'm laid up. So, uh, here I am, sitting in Whangarei Hospital, accident and emergency. Just had an x-ray on my lower leg. So swelling my ankles, swelling up pretty, pretty usually. Dr. Mick Colleen, here we are, Whangarei Hospital. So what's what's happening here with the injured tramper? Well, you injured your calf from um, hitting yourself with your uh, uh, tramping stick, and it's got all red. And because you walked on it for another six hours, um, it just hasn't healed, and now you've got an infection in the fatty tissue under the skin. So that's why it's all red from beginning of your ankle to the beginning to the, the beginning of your knee so almost all of your calf it's um, not a serious case and I don't think you need intravenous antibiotics but you do need um, tablets so you wouldn't really be able to I don't believe work, walk until you've rested for a good few days maybe four or five days the trouble with these infections is they can get worse um, if you continue to wait bear on them Right. So <clears throat> keep off the leg as much as yeah, possible until it's half the size we'll draw, it, we'll draw a line around it now the swelling gets past the line then you need to come back and have intravenous antibiotics and if it goes to half the size at least it looks like it's, a, it's making good improvement then you can go back to your, your journey alright so not too bad a bit of a bloody nuisance but I would rather get this sorted now than um, have tried to battle through it and, and end up having my leg chopped off with osteomyelitis or whatever it's called. I think it's my brother, Doug. <clears throat> he curses me every time I try to do anything with his ashes. Rightio, so it's uh, 3rd of November. Just driving into Auckland. I'm on a compulsory few days rest with my bung leg. And I'm driving down with Julie and Shorty Williams, who I had <laughs> turned up to stay one night with. Three nights later, they're driving me down to Auckland. More than trail angels, these two. These people have been mates with my mum and dad and our family for over 40 years. So, Julie, you, you guys, like, you guys had a pretty... It was I always used to amaze me, like, you lived a, a good life, didn't you, up north? Like, who led who astray? Did you lead my parents astray or did they lead you astray? Hardly. <laughs> you can't lead a options astray, they are astray. <laughs> no, I had a wonderful relationship, particularly with Co. She was like a grandmother to my children. She was just absolutely wonderful. And so was Bill when he was home. Um, I used to go and see Co just about every night when the men were at sea. 
we kept each other company, we used to go to town together and we still keep in contact even though we've been away from Hobora for over 30 years. Yeah. So, yeah. Bill Hopkins always been a bit of a legend as a cray fisherman and uh, Bill had arrived at Hohora, he was going cray fishing off Cape Mariah Van Diemen, Cape Reinga. Um, I ended up fishing with him for quite a few trips working as a deckhand with Bill. From uh, your point of view, was he a different bloke at sea than he was on land? Um, you know, I know as a son, when you fished with him, geez, he could piss me off when I was out at sea with him. Uh, but uh, what about when you were, you know, from your point of view? Yep, quite different at sea. Bill was a very hard-working, very focused fisherman, very successful. And um, because of that, he, he worked extremely hard at sea. Um, there wasn't a lot of rest, there wasn't a lot of play time, but um, you certainly caught the fish and we certainly made quite a bit of money working for him. He was a wee bit different, but he was always a, a, a decent person at sea. He wasn't terrible, he was just, um, just a different focus, I think. Both my sisters, Lindley and Wanda, and my brother Doug, you would go out on fishing trips as a kid. You'd go out for days at a time with Dad. They were amazing times because you didn't have to work, you're a kid. So you, I'd stand up on the bow. I remember I just used to be right up at the bow of the boat all the time, especially if we were going through some swells. And just love it. You're just smashing down into these swells, hanging on up there on the bow. Just, it was such an adventure, it was wonderful. And it took, no, I never ever recall getting seasick. I, um, the only time I ever got seasick was as an adult and I didn't get actual sick, but I felt queasy. For some reason, just one time going up to Cape Rienga with uh, Dad on a, on a trip, when I'd come up to visit, when I was dancing, I think, and I went out on a trip and for some reason, I, I felt a bit, just a bit queasy one morning, but never ever f- remember being seasick as a kid and like I say it was just this massive adventure being out on the boat for a multi-day fishing trip with dad and the crew. I would start working and working for as a paid job so I'd become a paid crew member and that was cool because you know you'd earn money you work your ass off. Not that great working for your old man because, you know, he had high expectations of you and you got pissed off if he told you off or had too higher expectations. Because my old man, he was a hard taskmaster. The relationship when you're working with your father and brother out at sea was very differently different from when you're hanging out at home together. When you're at sea, when it's work, and time's essential, you know, you've got a certain period of time on what's called the slack water. So you've had your high tide, and then the tide's going out, and then the tide starts coming in. And that's a 12-hour, essentially a 12-hour difference between the two high tides. And in the middle of that is the slack water, where it's getting close to low tide, and then the tides turn and are starting to come in. In, in, the, in that middle point is when the tide is running the slowest. And that's when, when you're running deep water crayfish, the packles, with these big heavy pots, you, the, the boys that show you where the pots are, that's when they come to the surface. When the tide's really running, 
you you put big boys on these on these lines, but you're running, you know, you're doing forty fathom, fifty fathom deep. So you're talking, you know, two to three hundred feet underwater. That the ocean, the force of the ocean pulls those boys underwater. So you've got a, a window of time which you can see the boys. So you've got to get those pots up in that window of time. So everything has to become efficient. You 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 run everything as, as uh, efficiently as you can. And if you're not running it efficiently, you'd hear it from in the wheelhouse. Come on, get a bloody move along. <laughs> yeah, I'll, Christ, give it to me. I'll do it my bloody self. I remember one time having a screaming argument with my brother. We were down in the hold, my brother and I, this one time. And we had to clear out some blockage and we're getting water over at top of our gumboots i'd said no let's leave it let's let's wait till a bit more water drained oh let's get in there let's bloody do it now get it over with so we get down there water's in the top of the gumboots and you oh it's just ugly and him and i start having an argument and we're screaming it I'm, i was waiting for him again i'm i'm being a niggler i'm i'm answering back and i, I could never let the topic go without having the last word and I, I'm, he's a big, powerful, powerful dude, my brother Doug. And so I'm, I'm literally, I'm sort of half expecting just this big fist to come and plant me fair square in the nose. And uh, we're, we're yelling away at each other. We're out at sea, you know, the engines are going. So a lot of noise. Dad in the wheelhouse, he, he gets off the wheel, the, the steering wheel there, walks down, comes back to the hold at the back of the boat and puts his head down. You do! Shut the hell up! <laughs> it was, oh man. And then, then you get on with it. Because then you pull up to a bay, you anchor, you moor for the night, you cook dinner, you sit around, you're all buggered, you've been working your asses off all day, you're out at sea with the salt water on your face, you have a little bit of a wash, and, uh, and then you sit down and have a meal together, and then you bunk up down in the forecastle, you're all in the same spot sleeping together and you get on with it pretty bloody amazing really so yeah different different relationship at sea to when you're on land i've arrived back in auckland i've got to have an injury break it's november the third tomorrow is freddie my youngest grandson's birthday he'll be one my oldest grandson is charlie he's nine and Gracie is my granddaughter, and she's four. So, where did you think Papa's been, you guys, Gracie and Charlie? Uh, I don't know. Gracie, where's Papa been? Hi. Right. The Teararoa Trail. Oh, nicely remembered. Do you know how far Papa's walked so far? Gracie? No. You're very good at balancing, though, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Um, Charlie, do you, do you know how many kilometres Ch Papa's walked so far? Uh, no. I would say about... Um, Papa fell down and he scraped his leg. Yeah. I would say about 100. Try 380, about a 384. I can't remember myself now. Just nearly, just under 400 kilometres. I love you guys so much. It's so nice to see you. Thank you for coming and visiting me in my at my little hobbit hole with my leg in my injured state. I love you. Thank you for bringing me some goodies too. You're welcome. I uh, 
really have no idea what time it is. It's Sunday, Sunday morning, the 5th of November. I'm just wondering, is this thing getting any better? Every night I lie in bed, I, I, get, I end up having headaches. So just consuming water, but what that equates to as well as I have to get up and I have to go to the bathroom probably four or five times a night. I can hardly walk when I get up each time. In fact, I've been going to the bathroom sometimes. I do the scoot along on my backside, just put my legs on the ground and use my hands to push myself along, lift myself, deposit myself, lift myself, deposit myself, lift myself, deposit myself. My friends are Mike and Mari. They popped in, brought supplies. I know tomorrow, today, a friend of mine, Terry, is going to pop around. My mate Joe. Man, it's a, yeah. It's pretty bloody humbling. I just, and I don't, I don't, I'm trying not to place, uh, you know, I'm, well, not. I'm not placing an expectation on the fact that I, I now must do this to pay them back. But it, uh, it helps feed my desire to achieve my goal. Because these people just uh, show such love and generosity. And all, all the people on Facebook, on the Facebook pages and everything who express their support and their love... Thank you. We will do this bloody thing, however long it may take. All right, and cut. Um, this is a breaking news update. The healing process is underway. I've definitely uh, had some improvement over the last three days. Initially, I thought, yay, maybe by yesterday, Thursday. I could get going. It is now Friday the 10th. A couple of days ago I was saying, oh no, it seems like it's maybe going to be more like Saturday. But <clears throat> being as it is Friday, I know that tomorrow it's, there's no way I can chuck an 18 kilo pack on my back and try to walk for nine hours a day. So it's going to have to wait. Bloody, 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 bloody hell. The Long Way Home is produced by Bruce Hopkins and Justin Gregory. The executive producer is Tim Watkin. The engineer is Jana Witter. Subscribe to every episode of The Long Way Home podcast at iTunes or at radionz.co.nz forward slash series. And while you're there, please rate us. That way more people get to hear these stories. If you go to the Long Way Home webpage at rnz.co.nz, you'll find an interactive map that follows Bruce as he walks to Araroa. Bruce is also on Twitter, at Bruce Hop, so get in touch if you've got tips, questions, or can offer him a bed, a meal, or just a hot shower along the way. You can also email him at thelongwayhome at radionz.co.nz. While you're waiting to hear what happens to Bruce's leg, head over to the podcast and series page on RNZ's website and check out our new true crime podcast series, The Lost. Every year, thousands of New Zealanders go missing. Most are found quickly, but some are never seen again. 
The Lost digs into some of these missing persons cases and talks to the families about their quest for answers and the hole left by those who've disappeared. In episode two, we name the prime suspect in the disappearance of young mum Judith York and hear from the now grown-up daughter she left behind. And next time in The Long Way Home, hopefully Bruce Hopkins will be back on Te Araroa, New Zealand's trail, but there's plenty to talk about if he's not. The Long Way Home. Whenua, whakapapa, whānau. Follow us.